This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. All right, today we are getting into a pretty important topic, and it is people-pleasing. And if any of you would hear the word people-pleasing, and perhaps you think to yourself, that that's not an issue for me. I don't have anything with people-pleasing. I'm very strong-minded. I you know, give no fucks about what anybody else thinks. I would challenge you a little bit about that. I actually don't think that there's anyone who literally does not care what anybody else thinks ever. Um, I also think too, that this pretending not to care can be something of a dangerous thing because it's a way in which we put on armor. And it's not that I'm saying, everybody secretly cares and is secretly cringing and, you know, cowering in fear about what everybody else thinks. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think that the most emotionally evolved people will go ahead and admit that when someone is critical or when someone says, I'm upset with you because you didn't do it the way I wanted you to do it. I think you should do it the way I want to do it. Emotionally healthy people can acknowledge that It doesn't feel great when other people are unhappy with us and they still speak into boundaries. So today when I'm talking about people pleasing, my intention is to speak to both those who know that they are classic people pleasers, as in it is really hard for them to separate their own feelings from the wants, needs, or desires of others. They often feel guilty if they say no when someone asks them to do something. And then there are people who maybe don't get quite caught in people pleasing in the same way, but the right circumstances, the right people definitely can hook them. And I mean, there's a lot of nuance, a lot of flavor to how people pleasing can show up. And I'll be talking about a lot of those different ways in today's episode. And you might find that there's some gem in here where you realize, oh, the reason that I don't feel powerful around that person is because I go into people-pleasing mode. Or the reason I don't feel like I'm quite myself is because there's a way I'm going into people-pleasing mode. So that's what we're going to get into in today's episode. I think that a lot of times we forget this very important fact that people-pleasing is an unintentional form of manipulation. People-pleasing is an unintentional form of manipulation. And I say that because people-pleasing is a way of unintentionally, again, communicating, I'll do what you want if you'll like me or love me. I'll say yes. I'll do the thing I don't want to do. I'll not stand up for myself when you're yelling And that's the trade-off that I will make so that you will like me. So it is an unintentional form of manipulation. And I point that out because when it comes to behavior change, often 
we can know that we need to change a behavior. We can know that a behavior is not very helpful. And yet somehow we don't quite feel the motivation to really go, you know what? This pattern of people pleasing in my life, it stops now. I am going to double down. I am going to really look at where I do this and really look at how I can shift it. We often don't do that because we tell ourselves this tiny big little lie. Oh, so juicy to tell these tiny big little lies that it's not really that big of a problem. And what I've found is that people pleasers often don't have a hard time with admitting that that they are people pleasers. They're like, oh yeah, I know, I people please. But they would not want to admit, oh hey, I manipulate people. I mean, think about that for a second. Do you want to go around going, hey, I unintentionally manipulate people by doing what they want so that they'll like me? It doesn't feel very good to put that manipulation label on things. And if you hear me, you know, giggling over here and you're kind of like, whoa, this feels like kind of a heavy topic and you're giggling, Kate, I'm encouraging the lightness. Okay. Like you might be listening to this and your pattern is people pleasing. Well, first of all, every single person who is listening to this has some place in their life where they can go into people pleasing mode. And even though I personally don't think people-pleasing is my default in terms of fear-based patterns or, or like where I go, there are absolutely people or situations around whom I am intimidated and so I go into people-pleasing mode. And it's not about you're supposed to be doing it all perfectly and differently. It's about how do we get present? How do we just simply notice And I think that that's such a more human way of approaching behavior change. Let's just get like light with it. Let's get present. Let's notice. So people pleasing is an unintentional form of manipulation because it's a way of trading with someone for love. It's a way of saying, I'll do what you want or say yes or go along with this if you'll continue to like me or love me. And you may not realizing it, Realize it, but letting what other people think stop you from being yourself is a form of people-pleasing. And I'm sure we can all find places where we are not totally being ourselves because we have a fear of what other people are going to think. So we edit ourselves, aka going into people-pleasing mode, to make ourselves more palatable, more acceptable for other people. Now, in The Courage Habit, which is my book, I identify people-pleasing as one of the patterns that people go into, although in The Courage Habit, we called it the martyr routine. And if I could edit The Courage Habit, I would go back and be like, okay, instead of calling this the martyr routine, I'd call it the people-pleasing routine because it's just an easier term. So I'm going to read from The Courage Habit for just a moment to really lay out what this people-pleasing routine looks like. And in the courage habit, just so you can get the entire framework of what is intended here, the idea is that habits run on a cue, routine, reward loop. So we feel a cue of something, we go into a routine that responds to the cue, and we get a reward. And when it comes to most behavioral habits, 
the reward is usually something like it's what's expected, it's what's known, it's what I can anticipate, or it's what I can control. That's why we do a lot of the things that we do habitually. I feel this feeling, so I go into this behavior, and then I get this reward. And that's how habits are formed, but habits can be broken by paying attention to cue, routine, reward as well. So if you know that you have those, those big dreams and ambitions, and then fear rises up, that fear might cue a people-pleasing routine. And that people-pleasing routine might be, oh gosh, I'm selfish if I you know, go after what I want. I can't take that time away from my family right now. I don't know what would they think. My mother-in-law would think I was crazy. My husband wouldn't be on board. You know, there are all these things we can go into in the people-pleasing routine. I'm going to go into exactly what it looks like from the courage habit in a moment. And we go into that routine to get to the reward of I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm approved of. I know what to expect. I know what to anticipate. I know what's coming. This is my comfort zone. When people-pleasing is a habit, it feels better to be in the habit of it than it does initially to step out of the habit of it, to get out of people-pleasing, putting other people first, all of those behaviors. So there's a temporary but very real discomfort So again, I'm going to go back to people-pleasing is an unintentional form of manipulation. So it's not about listening to this episode and going, yeah, you know, I I might need to do something about that people-pleasing. I don't know. I'll think about it later. It's about going, hey, A, people-pleasing is costing you something. It's costing you the life you want. And B, I don't think you want to be someone who manipulates others, even if it's unintentional. So here's what the people-pleasing routine really looks like. You know a people-pleasing routine when you see people who are pretty relentless in their sacrifice and people-pleasing. They've let their lives focus so much on service to others that they don't make time for their own dreams and desires. This can happen in work settings, corporate settings too. They use their self-imposed obligations to others or to their career or to something else as the reason why things they might want for themselves are impossible to attain. Someone playing out the people-pleasing routine might even enable others by stepping in with money or other resources for adult children, children who are capable of taking care of themselves, friends who are perfectly capable of taking care of themselves, or with people who actually need to suffer the consequences of their own behavior. So for example, a parent who is always stepping in to provide their adult child a place to live, even though that adult child is totally capable of getting a job and finding their own place to live. Parents also can sometimes do this with very young children. Well, you know, these are the formative years. I need to be around. I have to, you know, I need to invest this time. I need to make sure that my kid's in five different activities to set them up for success later in life. Well, not necessarily. And in case you're a parent listening to this right now, I got to tell you, I have been a coach for more than a decade. I have coached a lot of different clients who have been on the receiving end of a lot of different parenting styles, a lot of different parenting approaches. And here is the hard truth. Kids need different things. So yeah, 
being a hyper intensive parent and investing every single iota of time and resources that you have into your kids, you might be going along thinking it's okay that I'm, I'm not going after my own dreams because I'm making this investment in my kids and this is what they need and da, da, da. No, I've coached clients who later felt such incredible pressure from parents who parented that way. And it didn't mean the parent was doing anything unintentionally. uh, Sorry, let me back up. It didn't mean the parent was doing anything wrong. It was all unintentional. The parent was showing up with the best that they could, but their kid just happened to need something different. And that is only something that their kid really realized or the parent would ever be able to realize in hindsight. And then there have been parents who have been incredibly neglectful and I've, I've coached their kids and yeah, there's some pain around those aspects of things, but the kids are just incredibly grateful. They're, they're in this place of, you know, if my dad had not been the way that he was, which was negligent or hurtful or abusive, I don't know that I would have become the person I am today. And I like the person I am today. I mean, really and truly parents, if you are sacrificing a huge part of who you are because you think that that's what you have to do for your kids to turn out okay, you need to give yourself a little grace. Your kids are not going to turn out okay solely based on how hyper-intensive your parenting is. There are a million factors that turn out whether or not your kids are going to be okay. And there are parents who are very intensive with their parenting, who have kids who don't like that style of parenting. There are other parents whose kids love it. And then there are parents who are not very present, whose kids are like, yeah, I got exactly what I needed. And there are other parents who are not very present and their kids go, I didn't get what I needed. You Basically, the bottom line, if you are people-pleasing your way through your parenting, hoping that that's going to give you a guaranteed outcome, it can't give you a guaranteed outcome. So find the balance, find the way of showing up as a parent that is not going to cost you other dreams that you have. People stuck in the people-pleasing routine are probably secretly, secretly hoping to be noticed for their good deeds and selflessness, to get credit for what they've sacrificed, to be validated by others. They often get stuck in thinking that it's their job to protect people from the consequences of their poor decisions. And when they put more attention on someone else's needs, they often tell themselves things like, well, you know, I couldn't take time for myself just then. You know, they needed me. That other person needed me. Or I had to step in or else that other person would suffer in some way. They'd experience the natural consequence of their poor choices. And other times, people who are stuck in that people-pleasing routine tell themselves, maybe not consciously, but, but they tell themselves in some way that they just can't deal with the impact of someone else being mad at them. A couple other examples of people-pleasing. Saying yes, even when you really want to say no. Excessively worrying about what others think getting upset or feeling a low-grade resentment when others aren't noticing or giving them credit for all the things they do, feeling taken for granted for all the things that you do, letting everybody else make the decisions and then feeling quietly resentful when you don't get the dinner choice or the outcome that you really wanted, 
saying things to yourself like, well, I mean, I felt like everybody else had already decided that they wanted something different, so I couldn't really make a different suggestion. And here's where things get tricky. If you have a habit around people pleasing, unhooking from this routine will often mean feeling some level of confusion as you try to sort out the difference between acts of kindness for others and the sort of self-sacrifice that is depleting. Because it is really hard at first not to go, well, hold on, I'm just doing kind things for other people. That's what I want to do in life. How do I know the difference between that and people-pleasing? Well, that's a great question. Here's a great way to know the difference. Do you feel like you are giving yourself as much as you give everyone else? As you are doing these acts of kindness for others, the service for the PTA at school, the extra hours for the committee at work, the extra housework so that your partner can come home to a a meal and a, a perfectly clean set of laundry. Is someone giving those things to you and or are you creating those things for yourself? It's not about perfect balance. There's probably never perfect balance in anything in life. It's more about proportion. So as a, for instance, my husband and I used to get into a lot of little arguments about the state of the kitchen, which often would look quite messy. And he would get very resentful about that. And then I would get resentful because I'd be going, well, (laughs) you know, Hey, I was the one who, yeah, the kitchen is messy, but I was the one who scheduled our daughter's doctor's appointment to get her vaccines updated. And I was the one who, you know, left work early and took her to the doctor's appointment. And that is unseen. You know, that is not on the kitchen counter. (laughs) You know, the pots and pans that are all over the kitchen waiting to be washed are very visible. And I get that. But you were off at your job not having to take off work early when I took off early to take our daughter to the doctor. That's unseen labor. So that, that resentment, that argument, those, those little conflicts were all about what is seen and unseen. So with people pleasing, it can also be really important to look at energetic exchanges. Like, do you swallow your feelings so that somebody else won't feel like you're too much? Do you swallow your feelings when someone else is being inappropriate so that someone else won't feel like they can't vent and tell you all the things that they're upset with you about. People-pleasing is more nuanced than just, I do a lot of tasks for other people. Now, of course, the central question becomes, if I recognize myself in any of these behaviors, what do I do about it? Especially because when I talk about fear in my book, The Courage Habit, I talk about how fear isn't logical. It's primal. You can logically know that when your boss approaches you yet again to take on the work of that person that they laid off, that they really need to hire for, instead of asking you to do two people's jobs, you can logically know that it would be people-pleasing for you to just be, oh yeah, sure, I'll handle it, even though you don't want to, even though it's going to mean you have to stay late, even though saying yes to them is going to mean saying no to yourself. But in that moment when your boss approaches you, it feels really intimidating to say no. And I get that. 
So when I talk to people about how to change this habit, I often encourage them to pick one place where they think they could have an entry point into changing that habit because people pleasing is probably all over their lives. They need practice in just one area and they need practice with the feeling. It's not just about saying no or rehearsing a script for saying no. All that, that's a, that can be a piece. What I'd really love for people to connect to is a feeling of being able to say no. And even if that feeling brings up some nervousness, it might also bring up some, okay, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to sit with the discomfort. I'm capable of that. So if you want to stop people pleasing quite so much, one of the first practices I would encourage you to undertake is to identify one specific area where you could practice stopping people pleasing. Instead of just walking out into your life and going, that's it, I'm not doing it anymore, I'm sick of it, which <laughs> you, you know, every people pleaser I've ever talked to <laughs> usually hits some point in her life where she's just like looking around going, I really take a lot of shit from other people and I don't like it and I'm fed up with it. And as much as I think that that energy can be really galvanizing and I'm like, you go girl. I also want to encourage you to just pick one space that is going to be your practice place for not people pleasing. Mothers, a great place for you is stuff with your kids that you habitually jump into and start doing for them, backing off, taking a breath, letting them do it for themselves, letting them experience even the frustration of doing it for themselves. So in a very coachy, coachy, proactive kind of way, my encouragement right now would be go find that one thing, that one area where you need to work on people pleasing. Who makes habitual requests of you that you wish you could say no to? Who are the people who intimidate you that you notice yourself editing yourself around? People-pleasing in that way of, I'll fit into your box so that you'll like me. Think about where it is that you would like to start. And then when you are encountered with that situation again, yeah, if you want to have a like kind of script in your head of here's what I'm going to say, that's all totally great. And prior to encountering that one practice area again, try spending a few days visualizing yourself in the midst of it. And as you're visualizing, feeling the things that you have felt in the past, the intimidation or that I can't say no, or "Eh, I feel like a bad person or that like kind of impulse to jump in and fix or do save and then visualize yourself with the new behavior. So in other words, If what you want to shift is your boss is always coming to you and saying, hey, can you stay late tonight? And you really don't want to stay late again. What you can do is you can visualize yourself being asked that question by your boss and feeling the feelings that come up when your boss asks that question and then visualize yourself saying, you know, I'm I'm not able to stay late tonight. Ooh, like if that's a uncomfortable thing (laughs) to say no to for you, you know how intimidating that can be. And I would say before you're practicing it with your boss, 
give it a try five times. Visualizing on your own. Feel into the discomfort of this. The other thing I would really recommend for someone who has had some issues with people pleasing is really doing some work around, let's see, I could phrase it one of two ways, either knowing that you are enough or knowing that you are a good person. Because those are the two things that in coaching people who people please, I've heard most often. I hear people say, I feel like I'm not enough or I feel like I'm a bad person. So I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm a bad person when I say no, when I don't follow through for that person, when I don't X, Y, and Z. Because there's some way in which the story, the capital S story, the narrative that you tell yourself about not being enough or not being a good person is part of what fuels, I'd better say yes. I'd better do it. I'd better be quiet right now and do what they want me to do. I'd better not push back. And in The Courage Habit, I talk about specifically reframing limiting stories because that limiting story that you are are unkind if you don't do what other people do is a huge hook. And I want you to get out of that hook. If you'd like to get some worksheets to work through some of this, by the way, because I don't know about you, but I can listen to things and it lands for me a little bit differently than when I'm using my my actual hand to write out on paper what it is I'm thinking. There are some worksheets that are free for everyone. Head to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and sign up for the Your Courageous Life newsletter. And then from there, you'll be able to get access to the Your Courageous Life library, which has all the courage habit worksheets free, even if you don't have the courage habit book. Now, of course, the worksheets make more sense if you're using them in tandem with the book, but you don't have to have the book in order to use the worksheets, if that makes sense. And if you want to keep down on the inbox overload, the email, all that, I totally understand. You still go there, sign up, download whatever it is you want, keep it, and then unsubscribe if that's how you want to do it. That's totally fine too. So in essence, what I'm saying is that There's an understanding of the need to change and the need to say this people-pleasing habit isn't working for me. And that's what today's podcast episode is hopefully getting you tapped into. And then there's the daily sustainable work that you're doing to go, okay, here's how I'm going to confront these tiny little moments where the habit comes up and I'm going to start to shift it. Collectively, the little bits of practice day to day to day are the key to stopping the people pleasing. As always, I'm so grateful that you tuned in for this episode. You can get a lot of other helpful insights into different fear-based patterns. People pleasing is just one of them. If you listen to other Your Courageous Life episodes, you can also become a subscriber. And if you have a moment to just hit a rating for this podcast, leave a little comment with a review. That is so appreciated because it helps other people to find the podcast as well. If you want to interact at all, you can find me on social media, facebook.com forward slash your courageous life, Instagram as Kate Courageous. And of course you can go to yourcourageouslife.com to read more that I've put out there, get lots of extra resources, and you can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. Thanks so much for listening.